In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our text is Acts 5, verses 12 to 16. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This is our text. The family was headed to Disney World. The daughter had begged for three years, ever since she was old enough to find the Disney Channel on the TV, for this trip. And as they got gas at one of the stops, the daughter looked at those overpriced candy bars and begged her father for one. He said no. So she went back to the car in a pout. What's the matter, honey? Her mother asked, concerned. If Daddy really loved me, he would have bought me a candy bar. The fact that he loves you is shown by his taking you to Disney World when you are not always nice to him, her mother observed. You know, Christians are sometimes this way as well. God has put us on a wonderful trip. He is taking us to an unimaginable paradise. And we ask for certain favors or trinkets on the way. And when God says no, we're disappointed. And we doubt his love. Some Christians feel this way about signs and wonders. Does God really love us anymore because there aren't the miracles and healings and wonders among us that appeared among the apostolic church? So this morning, let us meditate on this theme, that signs and wonders can hide or reveal God's truth. Now, in the first place, signs and wonders that God initiates reveal his truth. The early church had accompanied Christ, whose miracles and signs were well known. He had healed as a sign of forgiveness of sins. You remember the man with palsy who was dropped through the ceiling. Jesus said, Son, be of good cheer. Your sin is forgiven. And when people questioned his authority to forgive sins, he added the physical healing as well. Christ had healed out of compassion. You remember the lepers who came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you will, you can make us clean. And Jesus said, I will. Show yourselves to the priests. So the ten lepers ran off, though only one remembered to come back and give thanks. Furthermore, Christ had performed signs to strengthen his disciples' faith. You recall the event when he first called them to be disciples. He gave them a miraculous catch of fish. And then he said, you will become fishers of men. God's truth was revealed through the many miracles of Christ. 
In fact, these show that Jesus was indeed the Christ, the Son of the living God, the prophet, priest, and king that God had foretold. And so his miracles echo many of the miracles of Moses, Elijah, and Elisha. And being greater than these, they show that he is greater than any of these wonderful figures from the Old Testament. But his final miracle was his resurrection. His resurrection was the final miracle proving his word was true, showing that he was God, showing that sin was forgiven, that God accepted the offering of his life on the cross, and showing that death is now undone. That is why of all Jesus' miracles, even the resurrection miracles of Lazarus and Jairus' daughter, his own resurrection is the linchpin and the heart, the climax of his ministry. And these signs and wonders were given specifically to the apostles that Christ had appointed. For to them... Jesus said, you will do greater signs than these. And the signs and wonders that Luke tells us of in the early church were signs of the promised Spirit. That the Spirit was among them, enabling them to do what Jesus had done. To show that the power of God was now residing in His church. To unbelievers, they were signs of judgment. But to believers... They were a validation of their witness to Jesus' resurrection. And we have to say that these signs and wonders described in our text appear to have ceased in the lifetimes of the apostles. For it is this early church, this beginning community that witnessed to Jesus' resurrection that has all the signs and wonders and miracles. We're not told of these, at least of an abundance of these, at the end of the book of Acts. Certainly 11 of the 12 apostles were not saved from martyrdom by signs or wonders. And these signs and wonders ended at about the time that the apostolic scriptures were written. The writings now bundled together as our New Testament. It appears to many Christian thinkers that these signs and wonders were given to validate the witness of the early church. This witness was then written in the pages of the New Testament, accepted now as part of the Bible, and that this is now given to the church from then on. That indeed the apostolic age, the time touching the visitation of our Lord Jesus Christ was a special time marked out by signs and wonders which are not afterwards normative or common among Christians. For you see, signs and wonders that we initiate can hide God's truth. 
In Jesus' own day, his signs were misinterpreted. He cast out a devil, and his enemies said he cast out by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. What can you do after that? When someone has poisoned the wells, if you commit another, if you do another miracle, people just say, oh, that just shows he's got power from Satan or the devil. By the same token, the apostles' signs were often overlooked or misunderstood. You may recall the story of Paul and Barnabas at Lystra. They healed a, a lame man and the people acclaimed them gods, calling them Zeus and Mercury. When Paul and Barnabas convinced the people they were no longer gods, the people were so disappointed they stoned them and left Paul for dead. So much for the utility of miracles. We are told when Peter and John visited Samaria that Simon Magus tried to buy the Holy Spirit with money. He saw the wonderful works that Peter and John did. And he said, yeah, I'd like to buy that power. Peter replies in words that can be roughly paraphrased in the Greek as, To hell with you and your money. You are badly in danger because you do not understand. And then later in the book of Acts, the sons of Sceva tried to cast out demons in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches come out of him. And we are told that the evil spirit caused man to leap up and say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And he attacked the seven sons of Sceva with such violence that he tore their clothes off and drove them out into the street naked. And Luke comments that people treated the name of Jesus with much more respect thereafter. Yes, Christ himself made it clear that no one attains saving faith on the basis of proof by miracles. That we are not to look to signs and wonders as evidence, an authentic message from God. You may remember the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man says, I have seven brothers, send Lazarus to warn them. And Abraham replies, they have Moses and the prophets. And the rich man says, that's not enough, but if Lazarus should come back from the dead, they'll believe him. And Abraham says, if they will not believe Moses and the prophets, the written testimony of God, neither will they believe if someone should rise from the dead. And our Lord Jesus Christ told this in part. To show that when he himself rose from the dead, none of his enemies were converted. No one said, by golly, he was right. No, instead they bribed the soldiers who had seen the earthquake and the tomb and the angel to make up a story. No one believes on the basis of such signs and wonders. For you see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word and message of God is the miracle. That's the power that changes hearts and causes belief. And signs and wonders can distract from that very word. In fact, our Lord Jesus self-warned that there would be lying spirits who would deceive, if possible, even the elect. So only one sign is given to believers. You may recall Herod. When he had Jesus in front of him, asked for a sign and was refused. 
You may recall the story of Naaman, who almost lost out on getting his leprosy healed because he expected the prophet to pray over him and perhaps go into a trance or a prophetic dance instead of just wash in the Jordan River. You may recall that the Pharisees demanded a sign, but Jesus offered only the sign of Jonah, that the Son of Man will be in the bosom of the earth three days and nights. That is the sign which we hold on to. So now, not even if we or an angel from heaven, if we bring another gospel, even adorned with signs and wonders, let him be accursed. And the Lord himself said there will be deceivers coming who would deceive even the very elect if God did not keep them in the faith. Only the risen Christ is given as the eternal sign of God's will towards humankind and God's authority in Christ, the sign by which men either rise or fall. May the wonder of the risen Savior be the life-giving sign to you and sustain your faith, whatever signs and wonders may follow. Amen. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses our understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.